Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Fonseca, editor-in-chief over at golfunfiltered.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Golf Unfiltered. Find us on Facebook, at Golf Unfiltered as well. Instagram, we've got one of those also. Uh, you can send me an email, adam at golfandfiltered.com. We've also got a Snapchat if you like to do the snapping. Uh, today on the web, on the uh, podcast, we welcome our first guest in a while, uh, Mr. Rob Zimmerman of uh, Zim Ventures LLC, um, as well as the super exciting and interesting and unique take on fantasy golf, uh, golftrader.com, and that is golf, T-R-A-D-R.com which promises to be, uh, as you'll hear, one of the more, uh, as I mentioned, unique and uh, different uh, systems on how to play fantasy golf. And I'm sure you're going to like that here in the interview. Uh, But you may remember Rob's name as being the owner and CEO of 3UP Golf, which was an independent golf ball brand uh, from years past that up until June 2015 uh, was uh, thriving and was one of the uh, t- 10 small independent golf ball companies named in the Titleist golf ball lawsuit. Actually, more specifically, uh, the uh, Acuznet, or however you want to pronounce it, uh, golf ball um, lawsuit. And so we talk a little bit about that as well as far as how much we can talk about that since it is still an ongoing lawsuit. Uh, So hopefully you learn a little bit about it. You um, definitely will learn a lot about uh, what it takes to become a uh, thriving brand or at least even an upstart brand in a big, scary world of of golf original equipment manufacturers. So uh, you can sit back, relax. We're going to have a great discussion here with Mr. Rob Zimmerman. And hope you enjoy it. Well, we're waiting. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Golf Filter Podcast. As I said in the intro, we are welcome today, and very happy, finally, to have Mr. Rob <laughs> Zimmerman uh, from Zim Ventures LLC on the show today. Rob, how are you doing? Very well, Adam. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been a long time. <laughs> uh, no, we were kind of talking before we started recording that uh, we've known each other back and gone back and forth on Twitter for a while, over three years now, and uh, we've supported each other's uh, various brands, which we'll get into a little bit here uh, a little bit later, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on, and I'm excited to hear about all the cool things that are coming up in the world of uh, Mr. Zimmerman. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, there's there's plenty to talk about. It's been a it's been a wild few years, uh, and uh, like you'd mentioned, it's it's been uh, pretty cool supporting each other um, going way back. You were one of the the first websites um, to actually take on our product and review it, and and kind of unleash us to the public, and it was. Uh, pretty pretty successful launch and uh really appreciate that absolutely i love uh, i love indie brands i absolutely love it if i can support anyone uh independent golf companies or yep. indie brands that's 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 my wheelhouse so yeah yeah it, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, it's well, it, there's plenty of them out there. I mean, it's amazing to see over the last three, four years, how many indie golf brands have come out and really kind of taken the marketplace by storm. Um, it, it's a neat time to be in the golf business just because the direct to consumer model is, uh, is really finally starting to take off. People are trying to, they're slowly getting away away from the retail experience and finding out that there's a lot more to offer via online and, and direct through manufacturers and indie brands. So it's, it's a really cool time to be part of that part of that business model. Absolutely. And and before we get too ahead of ourselves, I, this, since this is the first time you're on the show and what we'd like to definitely do uh, with any of our first timers is just give us a little background on how you kind of got involved in the game. And, and I know uh, just kind of following your Twitter feed and your Facebook feed that you're an avid golfer. You and your family go out to multiple different golf courses. Uh, yeah. And just, just tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this crazy game that we all love. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've been around golf pretty much my whole life. I really wasn't didn't get into the game per se as a player until uh, in college, but I've been around the game. My father played it quite a bit, um, and uh, I worked in golf actually. Coincidentally, I worked at a range um, growing up. I really wasn't that into it though. Just kind of would beat some balls around. Um, but it wasn't until college um, the uh, course near us offered a, a year-round membership. It's a 36-hole facility and a year-round membership for students for 300 bucks. Um, nice. And it was it was a no-brainer. It's like you know I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get into it. And uh, one summer I actually ended up staying in town, getting a job, waiting tables, and basically just playing golf all summer. And I tell you what, it's been it's been a, a love affair ever since. I mean I just can't get enough of it. Um, and about I would say probably about five or six years after college was when I had my first experience with tournament golf. Um, a, a gentleman I was playing with one day said, oh, you should try playing this uh, New Hampshire, you know, it wasn't the stadium. It was just a, a different kind of a gross slash net event. I'm like, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll give it a shot. It was like a, uh, I think it was a 12 at the time mm -hmm. and fell in love with it. I mean, it, it's such a different kind of golf. Uh, and I tell you what, I like, you can actually be, I didn't think you could be more of a golf nut and, and it happened. <laughs> I mean, just went head first right into the game from that point on. And uh, ever since then, I've just been just enthralled with tournament golf um, playing. I'm down to like a, a two or three handicap, depending on the, the week. And nice. uh, just been playing so much tournament golf. It's just, it's fantastic. And now my son's getting into it. Um, he plays all the junior events here and it's just, it's an amazing game. It, it's truly an amazing game. It certainly is. And, and tournament golf is something that I've dabbled in just various times throughout my 20 years of playing the game. And you're absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. It's it's a completely different feeling. It's uh, I love the way that you put it. If you you never thought you could be a bigger golf nut, but that's exactly right. right. Yeah, it's just it's right. a completely different animal. I tell folks everything gets a little different when your name is announced on the first tee. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, when, when somebody's announcing your name on the first tee, your heart rate goes up quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> so it, many people, and we had kind of said this earlier in the intro that uh, who may have heard of you and then heard of the brands that you've represented and um, represented, uh, one of which being Three Up Golf, and uh, mm -hmm. Three Up Golf was a brand that uh, you had alluded to that we helped support, and and basically I wanted to get my hands on these golf balls that Three Up mm -hmm. Golf was the brand uh, that represented these golf balls because I've heard so many good things about them, and so uh, 
through our uh, networking and through the power of the Twitters, <laughs> we eventually <laughs> were able to connect, and, and I did a review on uh, two different uh, uh, types of golf ball under the three-up brand right. and loved both of them. They're just absolutely fantastic golf balls. And you got a lot of positive press, I know, from many of the, the blogs that I read uh, very early on in the development process, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the development process and interacting with various golf blogs and, and small independent media who got what we were trying to do and really understood what we were trying to accomplish was it was huge in the evolution of our brand and really trying to get it launched. Um, and like I mentioned before, the direct to consumer market, that's kind of what we were, we were getting into. And uh, it was just such an amazing Avenue to kind of present our product. Uh, and back then it was our, our three piece ball that we were launching first was the tournament ball. And, uh, and it's, it's so tough to try to sell that to somebody over the internet. Um, you know, usually we all get, golf balls for handed to us samples at a demo day or a friend flipped us one trying to pitch that message to somebody online when they haven't even touched the ball is difficult but when you're able to actually contact various media outlets like yourself and and get them on board and try to spread the message that way it makes it so much easier it's not even funny how much easier it is (laughs) um but you know it, it kind of breaks the ice and folks are willing to take a leap of faith and, and throw down the $30 for a dozen or whatever the price was at the time. And uh, the feedback and the success we had with it was phenomenal. It was really phenomenal. And, and it was, it made, I still have a few that I play with every so often. And <laughs> I guess kind of, you know, walk me through what got you interested to developing a golf ball. There's so many different paths you can go down in the independent mm-hmm. golf business what led you to developing wanting to develop a golf ball well back it up to the tournament experience right i mean i played a lot of tournament golf um and there's tons of great choices on the market absolutely a ton um and and i really wasn't happy i i, I would play all the major brands the the tailor-made the type uh, actually, Strixon, I, I would play the Z-Star a little bit as well, yeah. but I was never terribly thrilled. Um, go back to, what do we have now, 2016, but go back to 2012. Um, actually ended up having uh, some health problems. Was lucky enough to make it through in one piece, and it was one of those kind of reflecting moments of, cool, I got a second chance. What do I want to do with the rest of my life? And, uh, and for whatever reason, golf ball came to mind, that we can use this as an avenue to – help other people through charity and at the same time develop a product for me. <laughs> and I know if I, if I like it, I'm sure there's other low handicap golfers that would get into it as well. And uh, so that was the, that was the business model and the business plan from the start. And from there we, uh, we worked on a design and, and that's how we ended up with the three F 12 through some, you know, peer reviewed design process and getting a panel of testers and whatnot. But uh, that's how we ended up with the three F 12. And so, uh, and, and obviously, the, the connection with you know proceeds going to charity and making this mm-hmm. a, a product that not only uh, showcases the love that you have for the game, but would hopefully catch on and uh, allow others to express their love for the game through this independent uh, golf ball that no one's heard of before, but certainly performs up to up to par, pun intended, with some yep. of the <laughs> other uh, uh, bigger companies that everyone knows. Um, then things kind of started to get a little rocky down the road. And for those who have followed uh, and are fans of independent companies, 
they'll probably remember, and readers of my, my website, Golf and Filter, will certainly remember, uh, Oshnet, or Oshnet, uh, the lawsuit basically uh, quoting or naming 10 small companies who sold golf balls on an independent circuit, uh, suggesting uh, essentially copyright infringement. And at this point in your business model and the success of 3UP Golf, things were all up on the upswing. And not to bring back any any bad memories, because I oh, no. I remember reading in Golf Digest, you know, you were quoted as suggesting that this was one hell of a painful learning experience. What, from your perspective now, and this was back in June 2015, mm -hmm. uh, over a year later now, what what was that learning experience, and and what can you walk us through? First of all, when you were notified that there was something amiss, I will just say, and what was your immediate reaction upon hearing that? Well, it was um, it was actually of all places, and and I will never I, I'll never let this taint my experience. I had just walked off of Augusta National. <laughs> Really, and of course you're, and of course you're not allowed to have cell phones on premises. So we had them in our car, and uh, yeah, we just we had just attended uh, the Masters. So you know we were going back to the car, and uh, hop back in the car, and of course everyone's just glowing at that point. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, pop on pop on the phone. Of course the flood of emails comes in, and I'm flipping through, and get one from a law firm saying you know you've been you you know. The pending litigation from the Kushnet company, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and I figured it was just spam, you know, some, whatever. So I start flipping through it. I'm like, oh, holy, holy crap. No, this is legit. This is real. And, uh, and the first reaction was just shock. Um, and, and it really didn't kind of, you know, I just didn't quite know what to think right then. And I'm just kind of scrolling through, reading through. And then all of a sudden, kind of the, the light went off, and I kind of wasn't very surprised because I immediately remembered back to, oh, what was it? Probably, it wasn't too long after I probably sent you a review sample. Yeah. Um, I, got an, I got an order from a cushionet for like 12 dozen golf balls. Interesting. <laughs> you, you, you instantly get very leery when you get an order for 12 dozen golf balls from your competitor. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a red flag, yeah. So, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, then that was what, three years prior to that. So, you know, I, I obviously put the pieces together and said, oh, holy crap, I know what's going on here. You know, they've obviously found something that they think they can apply some sort of legal action to, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I put the pieces together, but at that point it was just like, it was still shock. I mean, it was just absolute shock. And, and yeah, the, the painful learning lesson really was, uh, you know, just not having all the proper patent protection in place. I mean, obviously the, the tough part is for, as from my perspective as an indie brand, self-funded bootstrapped indie brand, I do not have the financial resources to go and, you know, do in-depth patent searches and hire, uh, you know, all the product designers required to make sure all the, whatever the dot, the, the uh, T's are crossed and I's are dotted. Right. I rely on the manufacturer for that, right? Uh, we partnered with a manufacturer and I just kind of assume, you know, the, the what's happening here is legit. Um, I'm not allowed to, per terms of the settlement, I'm not allowed to actually comment on whether I think the, the claim was 
valid or not. Sure. <laughs> and I've always said kind of cheeky, I'll let that for the reader. I'll, I'll let you, the reader and the listener decide that, you know, sure. that's up to you. Um, you know, you, it, all that's public documents. You can see what they claimed in the patent suit and, and, you know, it was the same, pretty much the same, uh, allegations against us and all the other, um, the other defendants. Um, there were two of us, I believe, two or three of us that, that settled. Um, and, you know, I, this wasn't, the three up was not a day job. It was, uh, it was a way for us to, we gave back, oh gosh, I don't even remember, to seven or eight charities over the course of the three years. We were able to give a bunch of money back and we essentially broke even. So I was not about to basically lose sleep and more money in a lawsuit. So we, we bowed out and, uh, but there were other defendants and I don't know what's happening in the suit. I haven't uh, kept uh, abreast of what's going on, but I know that's still going on. Um, there, I think there were six or seven other companies that were going to fight it. So that's off to them, but I, I was not about to lose a wink of sleep on it. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I would be, it would have been in your boat as well. I, that's just a, a fight that I would not have wanted to go or a path. I would not have wanted to go down nor a fight. I wanted to sure. get involved with but if I remember correctly, and again, I'm not sure exactly how much you can talk about, but the the allegation, and we'll just kind of leave it at this, was was it only in regard to the dimple pattern, or was there more involved? Yeah, yeah it was just the dimple pattern. Um, they it was the, the the I'm trying to think back the the pattern and the count. And the the number of dimples and the variable size of the dimple, oh wow, which you can you can argue applies to quite a few designs out there, but um, obviously, right, it, uh, <laughs> they applied it to ours. So, sure. um, yeah, so it, it's a uh, yeah, it's 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 a it was kind of a generic claim, but uh, again, I you know I contacted um, a couple of lawyers in our area and said, you know, what are my options? And they said, are you kidding? You don't have any options. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, unless you just happen to have a couple mil kicking around, you want to you want to throw at this. Uh, you don't really have any options. <laughs> Which so, uh, unfortunately is um, kind of the way that these bigger companies work. You know, it's, it's yeah. they yeah. Uh, you yeah, I, I actually uh, you can follow Rob on Twitter, listeners um, at Zim Ventures, and uh, you had tweeted out an article or a link to an article, basically speaking to that how these bigger companies kind of bully in many different ways. Uh, not only just in the golf industry, mind you, but other oh, industries. No. Um, and that's no, happened kind to of their MO. Yeah. And so let's kind of take a step away from, from the past. I mean, we'll, we'll leave the yep. past that's in the past. And, and <laughs> you know, we've obviously lessons were learned. And, and, and certainly uh, Zim Ventures LLC is still alive and well and, and thriving in many different ways. And, and your newest uh, Zim Venture, I guess, is uh, <laughs> this uh, a very interesting take on – Fantasy Golf, and it's it's Golf yeah. Trader, and that's T R A D R, and you can go to GolfTrader.com right now, folks, and and check out at least the landing page. But uh, this is a really interesting take on this, and why don't you kind of uh, walk us through your uh, your take on fantasy golf and how you feel that Golf Trader kind of fits into this very niche market? Yeah, sure. So you know, like a lot of folks out there who have been enjoying various aspects of daily fantasy, uh, whether it's golf, football, baseball, whatnot. Um, I, I have always kind of had this grudge or this issue with the fact that 
golf is kind of wedged into the draft scenario. Um, there is no draft in golf. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very different animal, especially when you consider the fact that a golf quote unquote game lasts four days. It's a tournament. Um, you know, it's not a, it's not a 90 minute football game. It's not a two hour long baseball game. It's, it's multiple, multiple day event. So, you know, when you're on DraftKings and you, you make your picks, you know by, you know, the tournament starts Thursday morning, you usually know by like 2 o'clock on Thursday whether you're going to be in the money or not. And if you're not, you're done. Uh, you right. know, you're basically just, uh, you know, you're, you're watching the golf tournament, but you're out of the, the fantasy experience for the rest of the tournament. And to me, that felt broken. Um, there needs to be some other way to keep folks engaged throughout the entire process of the tournament. Um and so in that end, I was, you know, just trying to think of ways of how can you keep a fantasy experience, design a, a fantasy experience specifically around golf uh, and have the experience keep people engaged through all four days or, you know, at the minimum three days. You know, if you really screw up, maybe you're not around for the fourth day of the tournament or something like that. But, you know, to really be out of the money after four hours, that's silly. So rack my brain. Um, the one thing that kept coming up to my mind over and over again was the idea of these market prediction engines that people have used for various other purposes. Um, put, um, um, one of them, I'm totally flipping my mind right now, but basically it's a, it's a stock market engine, right? You overlay a stock market on top of some other event, in this case, golf. So rather than having a draft where you need, you've got your 50K and you need to pick uh, five guys and stay under the salary cap, instead we have an IPO. And while that sounds similar, it's actually drastically different because you get your money allocation. Let's just say everybody gets 10K to start with. You can spend that 10K on anybody you want. There are no prices assigned to players. What happens is it's, a, it's called a Dutch auction. So, and take this week's field, for example. You could take um, Jason Day. You can put 10K towards Jason Day if you want. Or you can spread that 10K among all 64 guys in the, in the field. Or 60, I think it's 63 right now. It doesn't matter. What happens is during the IPO, you take everybody's money for, say, Jason Day. Say Jason Day ends up being worth a million bucks. You take the shares and you divide them among everybody. So if I put my 10K for Jason and the total pool was a million bucks, so I get whatever that is, 1% sure. of Jason Day. So when the IPO is complete, a full-fledged stock market opens. You can now trade your shares in Jason Day, you can buy more Jason Day, you can, you know, do whatever you want with your Jason Day shares. And that all happens in real time. Wow. Throughout the entire process of the tournament. So you can be sitting there watching golf at work on PGA Tour Live. I'm not plugging PGA Tour Live, but I do subscribe because it's pretty cool. I do too. <laughs> so you can be sitting there watching it at work, trading your shares and your guys. Um, you can, you know, build your portfolio. You can try to be in all cash. You can try to be in all, all, uh, equity, it doesn't matter. What happens is at the end of the tournament on Sunday, your shares get converted into however much that person won. So typically, you know, the winner takes whatever it is, 20% of the total purse. So this week might be 1.3 mil for the winner or something like that. We'll take that 1.3 mil and divide it amongst all the shareholders for that person. And that goes towards your account balance. You add that to whatever you have for available cash on hand, and that's your final portfolio value. The guy with the highest portfolio is the winner. Or, and, well, we do a poker-style payout. So, you know, if, if it's 
you know, say there's a hundred guys playing. So the top uh, 10 guys will cash. Um, so it's a lot more involved than daily fantasy. I'm not going to argue that it's it a is. whole lot more involved. Yeah. It's not just pick five guys and, you know, you know, root for them. It's, it's very involved. This is a total golf nerd stock nerd experience. Uh, wow. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's quite the opposite. It um, sounds so, amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I don't know much about the stock market, <laughs> but <laughs> I know a lot about golf. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Wow. I'm just kind of – because I'm on your your site now. And listeners, again, it's golftrader, uh, com, And uh, I'm just kind of amazed at the complexity yet the simplicity with what appears to be your platform and you're saying that this is real time. So I'm watching a tournament on, as you had mentioned, PGA tour live or or at home Mm -hmm. or wherever. And I can, while I'm watching, just start trading my shares. Correct. Correct. If you're watching and and all of a sudden uh, Jordan birdies, the fourth hole to go two under that vault up in the fifth place. And you think, eh, maybe some shares Um, or, you know, conversely, Maybe his his price jumps up, and you think, eh, you know, he's going to fizzle out. You can dump your shares and go cash. Uh, that that's a viable option too. But what this allows, it allows uh, for um, the market to really kind of set a price on where they think a player is going to go, um, and it gives you the liquidity to move in and out of. Uh, positions throughout the tournament. You're not just bound to your five picks at the beginning. You uh, one perfectly valid. Um, game play style is don't pick anybody take your 10k and just be all cash after the ipo and then you can buy guys after the tournament starts you could do that too oh if you're you're a good trader and you just want to move in and out of positions you could do that as well and if you have the time to do that as well to kind of watch yeah huh so what's exactly. the, what's the buy-in, I guess, to kind of get involved in the tournament? Is there a set value that you mm-hmm. open, like ten dollars, twenty-five dollars? What 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 is? Is there a buy-in? Yeah, right now uh, we're doing five-dollar games every week. Um, it's it's a small crew. We're still in alpha. It's feature complete, um, but obviously there's bugs to be worked out, and and I'm doing UI changes when I'm getting suggestions from people of, hey, it'd be great if you could do this. So you know that stuff's happening. It's it's definitely a, a work in progress. So we're just doing five-dollar games every week. Um, if you're in for five bucks, and uh, 90% of the uh, of your entry fee goes to the person. 10% keeps the last on, um, keeps the server. On. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty low stakes right now. Um, going forward, when we do get a bigger user base, I do want to run multiple variants of that, you know, run a dollar game, a $5 game, sure. 10, 15, whatever, um, whatever, you know, there's a price point for everybody. Um, but right now, $5 seemed like a good uh, happy medium just to keep everybody in the same pool. Um, but, uh, it's been it's been good. Uh, the big enhancement that we've done as of late is to get uh, our mobile platform up and running. Um, it's not a dedicated app, but the site is the website's responsive, so you can just pull it up in your browser on your phone or on your tablet, and you can have the same experience as if you were on the desktop. It's obviously a little more it's a little rearranged a little differently, but because like you said, there is a little bit of time commitment. Um, you can't be in front of your desktop all the time. This way, you can just bust open your phone and. Um, if you've got your leaderboard, there, there are real-time leaderboards, actually. Now that I think about it, I probably didn't showcase that on the website, but we do have real-time um, 
or it's actually updated every five minutes or so. So close to real time uh, stats about what's going on in the tournament. So you can keep up to date on all that. That sounds amazing. And I think this is an extremely timely, uh, I'm not telling you anything new, of course, but this is an extremely <laughs> timely uh, model to follow in, rega- in regard to fantasy golf, because obviously there's a lot of talk with the uh, pending merger or the potential merger between FanDuel and DraftKings, where FanDuel, right. if I understand correctly, is attempting to purchase DraftKings. And right now, FanDuel doesn't have fantasy golf. That's true. Yep. And yeah. really the go-to, I think the go-to for fantasy golf right now has been DraftKings. Absolutely. Um, the only game in town. They've had the most, yeah, they've had the most players. They've got the biggest pots. Um, you know, that's that's the place to go right now for golf fantasy. But I, I just feel like it's broken. Uh, you know, there could, I, could this model be simplified? Absolutely. There's definitely room to simplify this. Um, but it wasn't quite the the look or the feel I was going for I really wanted to get that intersection of the stock market and fantasy golf oh um, I would so I wouldn't just, simplify anything I mean this is exactly the type of thing for golf nuts like you and me who actually have some emotion invested right <laughs> right who actually has some you have control now over your your performance throughout the I think this is a fantastic idea well thank you thank you it's uh the, the feedback we've had so far from uh, our initial testers and the, the first batch of users has been fantastic. Um, it's been nothing but thumbs up. We've had a few uh, UI suggestions from folks of just rearranging stuff. We've hit some gameplay bugs, you know, where, uh, for example, you know, one gentleman was able to actually walk up the price of a, uh, of a player, you know, himself by trading a certain way. I'm like, all right, well, we got to, you know, put the kibosh on that. Let's not do that. And <laughs> you know, just crafty. little things like that. It, it's software, you know, it, it's a new, it's a new game. So we've got to make fixes and we've got to make gameplay changes just like any game. So uh, we're getting through that right now. And uh, it's invite only um, just because we don't want to open the floodgates right, right yet. It's, it's the platform's not ready to scale for thousands of users right now. So, we're just doing invite only, um, but I basically every Monday send out uh, invites to anybody who requested them. Um, the invite requests has have not been drastic, so I, you know if somebody signs up, they'll they'll be in the next week's tournament for sure. Well, you never know. After people listen to this, I mean, you, you might get a big influx of uh, love it. Of I gotta, you got to do scale testing at some point. That's right. <laughs> well, it sounds like a great model and certainly something that has piqued my interest, Rob. And, and you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, is there anything else? I know that uh, GolfTrader.com again is the website, folks. Um, I know that that's probably not the only. Uh, sim venture that you've got in your portfolio right now. Is there anything else that uh, you want to plug right now, or uh, maybe we should keep our eyes out for? Uh, well, I'm going to. Uh, it's, it's quite a ways out because we're still in the middle of golf season. But once golf season rolls, uh, starts winding down, the weather starts setting in. Where we're uh, staying inside sounds like a better option. Um, I am going to start reworking my yardage book tutorial series, which I know has gotten a great feedback online through various outlets um that was uh one of the features we had on three up golf just as a free feature were video tutorials on how to um, how to make your own yardage books using free software so that'll get an overhaul this winter um i've had so many people contact me uh just asking questions and asking for improvements on that so i'm going to revisit that this winter um but besides that it's uh, been golf trader all the time 
Awesome. Yeah, well, I'll definitely uh, keep my eyes open for the uh, the Yardage Book uh, software as well. And uh, folks, you can find Rob Zimmerman on Twitter. Again, his e- his uh, Twitter address rather, or Twitter handle is at Zim Ventures. Uh, Rob, is there an email that people can reach out to you to if they want to learn more about Golf Trader or any other uh, contact method? Absolutely. They can always get a hold of me at uh, rob at golftrader.com. And uh, they can also, we do have a Twitter uh, account going for Golf Trader. Um, golf, he'll, he'll actually, it's a bot and a lot of it'll just be tournament info. I do post on there manually as well. So you can follow at golf trader again, leave the E out because that was already taken. <laughs> um, <laughs> those domains are expensive by the way. Yes, they are. Believe me. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, go, uh, Rob at uh, golftrader.com is usually the best way to get a hold of me. So feel free to drop an email if you have any questions. Perfect. And folks, you'll probably see me talking to Rob a lot on my Twitter timeline as well. We uh, like to go back and forth. He's extremely interactive on social media. And Rob, I just want to thank you again for coming on and uh, sharing your story. And uh, let's get you back on again, especially when uh, Golf Trader goes live. Absolutely, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking again soon. Awesome. And folks, we will be back uh, next week with another episode, possibly another guest. Uh, another guest, and if there's someone that you would like us to reach out to to interview, please feel free to reach out to us at Golf Unfiltered on Twitter. Adam at GolfUnfiltered.com is the email. We've also got a Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Snapchat because all the kids like Snapchat now. So uh, until then, <laughs> folks, uh, this is your buddy Adam signing off. <laughs>